0: Good morning. Good morning. Lovely to see your beautiful faces. And West. I wish I could see your faces, but I know that they're looking beautiful. Nice to be with you this morning. And if you're online, wherever you are, it's lovely to have you with us today. We pray blessing over everyone with us in Jesus' name. Well, Sheridan, as you heard earlier, he is in India. Yes, he made it. So thank you for your prayers. We asked people to pray that he would be well enough to travel. He tested negative the day before he left. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Still struggling a little, but he made it there. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for full health. And the commissioning for Samuel and Ruby. To take up the leadership of Activate Punjab took place on Friday. Uh, a great, they had a great time and honoured Sarinda and Reshma also. So Sheridan took a little little clip of Samuel and Ruby for us to see them. So how about you turn your eyes to the screen and watch that? Hello church. Hello, is, I am Samuel. I am Ruby from Activate Church Punjab. Thank you for sending past to Sharon. We are happy here and we are looking forward to what God will do in our lives and everyone's life. We are so happy. Thank you all. Thank you. Give it up for Samuel and Ruby. <clears throat> Wonderful. Neat our family in the Punjab. Isn't that neat? Awesome. Well, it is December. Wow. December, yes. So what is your perspective of December? There are so many differing perspectives in this room, I'm sure, and at West, your perspective on December. To you, is December, do you freak out <laughs> at December because of maybe the diary escalating and the calendar escalating there? There's so many different things and maybe some people start to get a little frantic inside. Maybe December is an exciting month. Maybe your perspective is, it's my birthday in December. And how many, there were some birthdays in, in December. I know my brother's in, is in December. And, and um, that's not Jay's. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> that's a bit like doing your mum joke. <laughs> stop it. (laughs) Right, let's move on. I can do that because I'm um, (laughs) mum. Does anyone else deal with that? Yes, okay, right, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, December, what's your perspective of December? Some of us love December, right? It's Christmas and some of us love carols. Some of us don't. (laughs) And some other perspectives are you don't not really into it, but there's lots of perspectives. I feel that Heavenly Father wants to encourage us, instruct us on a perspective change right now, or a perspective lift. So are you ready for, for him to speak into us, his church, on our, our perspective? He, he invites us to lift in our, in our pur. Perspective. Let's get that out right. Perspective. Um, I reckon that perspective can be critical. We've been doing the series on still standing and our perspective can be the very thing that will cause us to either not be still standing or be still standing. And I'm going to Share a little bit around that. Even through, in the midst of tu- tu- turmoil and trials, or following turmoil and trials, we can be still standing. Amen. Okay, a little bit of fun for us to start. If you turn your eyes to the screen, we've got I've got some perspective pictures here for you. Hopefully, you'll be able to see them. It's just do doesn't the decorations look lovely? Beautiful, yeah, lights. Okay, radio. There's one perspective for you that looks freaky, right? Oh, is he actually lying on the ground? Not hanging about to a drop into an, an abyss. Oh, well, here's another one. There's a dog on the wall. Ha. Huh. Lying down there. Ah, ha. Whoa, they're glued. Or a magnet. Ha. Huh. Clever, eh? Okay, he's a gymnast. Whoa, very clever. (laughs) Wow. Where? Who reckons they can do that? (laughs) Oh, I don't like that because I'm—I don't like heights. (laughs) Ha. Lying on the ground, maybe. Our perspective, you know, each one of those was the same picture, right? Nothing changed about the picture apart from the angle that we look at the picture, the perspective. Our perspective matters. Life can be... Can have ups and downs we all know that some of us are experiencing the ups right now some of us are experiencing the downs some of us maybe in the middle certain days even today might be like ah oh, it's a bit of a, a a feeling of overwhelm or maybe filled filled with joy even days right can be different from each day maybe some of us are traveling through grief some of us maybe feeling like you're just really traveling an uphill battle right now. That is life. And so I feel that for Father God wants to encourage us, no matter what we're walking through right now, where, where we're at, he wants to encourage us with a perspective change. We're going to look at the word. Psalms 23. And we're going to read it from the Amplified. I don't read the Amplified very very much, so it's a bit of a change for me this morning. But Psalms 23, and I'm sure that this, this scripture, this passage has helped considerably people to lift their perspective when they've been traveling through particularly some tough times. I'm sure it has helped Millions of people in times gone by. David writes, The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. He refreshes And restores my soul He leads me in the paths of righteousness For his name's sake Even though I walk through The sunless valley of the shadow of death I fear no evil For you are with me I like that, you are with me That says to me that he is light And where there is light there can be no darkness You are with me, your rod to protect, your staff to guide. They comfort and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My enemies don't magically disappear. They're still there. But Heavenly Father says he will prepare a table for me. And I can only imagine what his table would look like. I see some beautiful table spreads. You know, you see online table spreads ready for Christmas and you go, wow, how do they do that? That's incredible. Well, what would Father God's table for us look like, even in the presence of our enemies? You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. I look at that there and I think, actually anointing can also mean preparation for death so it doesn't necessarily take away the fact of possibly someone reading that and they are dying but heavenly father prepares us for the transition he anoints my my head and refreshes my head with oil. My cup overflows. And that makes total sense to me. Because he's with me. And because he is with me, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house of and in the presence of the Lord some of us may struggle with reading some of those things because it doesn't line up with how we feel but our perspective can change can lift to line up with the truth with the word i want to take us to numbers 13 we see a couple of perspectives here, a couple of quite differing perspectives. What's happening where we uh, pick it up in Numbers 13 is that the Israelites have left Egypt. It's awesome. God set them free. They've been traveling, and God has been telling them that he's taking them to a promised land. And and what's taken place along the way is that there has been multiple, multiple miracles, out-of-this-world miracles. Have, have The Israelites have seen miracles, and they've experienced miracles. And they're arriving at this promised land, the land that God calls the promised land, and that he says he will give it to them. They're here. It's pretty exciting time and Moses decides okay we're going to make a plan before we enter before we take this land and I'm going to send in we're going to send in 12 spies and they're going to suss out this land so numbers 13 I'm going to read through a few of the verses here starting from verse 18 see what the land is like Moses says find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many, see what kind of land they live in, is it good or bad, do their towns have walls, or are they unprotected like open camps, is the soil fertile, fertile or poor, are there many trees, do your, do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see, it happened to be the season for harvesting, the first ripe grapes. When they came to the valley of Eshcol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? One cluster of grapes that large. But anyway, they also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. Anyone feeling hungry? This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country. It's the promised land, right? A land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. He says, let's go at once to take the land, he said. He's pretty excited. We can conquer, so we can certainly conquer it. This was Caleb's perspective. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. Their perspective was a little different. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. I don't know whether or not they had done some arm wrestles while they were sussing out the land or what, but how he worked that out. But anyway, he reckoned his perspective is they're stronger. So... They spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we travelled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. So apparently now they can read minds. Chapter 14, then the whole community began weeping aloud. Whose perspective are they listening to? And they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Did the Lord say that? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. I... I, uh, try to imagine what was going on there with Moses and Aaron. Were they banging their fists on the ground or just moaning in despair at them all? I don't know, but they fall on the ground. Two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we, explore, we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he'll bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people in the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection. But the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Whoa, just for their perspective. <laughs> then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. And the Lord says to, said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me, even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a great nation, greater and mightier than they are. The 10 men Moses had sent to explore the land, the ones who incited rebellion against the Lord with their bad report, were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. Of the 12 who had explored the land, only Joshua and Caleb remained alive. Wow. Quite some story there about two differing perspectives, right? And shows us how much perspective matters. How crucial, how critical our perspective is. I could go on and tell you more stories from the Bible. A couple of them, I won't read. Um, won't, won't read them all out. But David and Goliath. We see da- David turning up to the battle there, and he's he's carrying the sandwiches for his brothers uh, to go and you know give, it's lunchtime. Um, they're hungry, and so here he is, and he finds them there at at this battle, at being absolutely knocking at the knees about this giant. There's this whole army, but there's this one giant and they're afraid. They're afraid to go and fight. And this giant is defying their their Lord. And so David's like, who on earth gets to defy our Lord, the Lord of heaven and earth? And he steps up and says, no one on my watch is going to defy my God, and he steps up, and great, great ending to it, he defeats the giant, and all is well, but it's perspective, his perspective is that, come on, God will not, does not want this for his army, this, come on, the Lord is on our side, perspective. Second Kings 6 is another story with a, a, a fantastic story there of a whole army is out to kill Elisha. And Elisha is there with his servant in Dothan. And this army has surrounded them. They, the servant comes out. And I don't know why they need a whole army to try and kill one man, Elisha, but he's a real threat to them. And so here they are, and the servant is freaking out. And so Elisha, it, I, I do wonder whether or not he has already seen what he's about to ask God to ask his servant to see, open his eyes to see. But there are, in, anyway, he asked God, he asked God to open the eyes of my servant and the, and at once... The servant's eyes are open. His spiritual eyes are open. And instantly he sees these chariots and of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha and the servant on their side. Horses and chariots of fire. I don't know whether Elisha felt that or whether he'd seen it before. But either way, he knew that God was on their side. His perspective made a way for them to breakthrough. And, and and for him to ask his servant, come on, open up your eyes. What do you see? And I feel like God is saying to us today, church, come on, what are you seeing? Would you allow me to open your eyes to show you what I want to show you, to even open up your ears for me to speak to you? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you aligning yourself with? Are you aligning yourself with the word of God? Are you aligning yourself with what I am showing you or with what you are seeing in the natural? Father God wants a perspective lift, a perspective change, and that leads to victory. I think of the movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Who's seen that movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Quite a cute movie, and and this and the scientist dad um, accidentally shrinks the kids, and the kids are in the backyard, and they're in like this, they're this, t- they're about that tiny. I think, yeah, they're way smaller than an ant, so maybe I can't even describe to you how tiny they are. And they're in the backyard there, right, in the grass. So it's like a massive forest to them. There's there's things like ants that come along. And, and of course, they are terrified because the ants are like giants to them. And I think for us, if our spirits are tiny, if our spirits aren't growing in God, if our spirits aren't, are not small, then our perspective will also be small. But when we are growing spiritually, when we are enlarged spiritually, when, when we allow God to enlarge our spirit, to enlarge our, our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, then our perspective Will enlarge also in turn. We need to know who we are. We are more than a conqueror, we are victorious. The word says this. We need to align ourselves with the word. We are peace filled because of him, the prince of peace, with us. We are as bold as a lion. We are overflowing with joy because joy is a gift that comes from him. We are secure in his love when we know who gives the love. That is who we are. We are seated in heavenly places. I feel like Father God wants us to get a whole new revelation of that, to maybe even dwell on that throughout December that we are seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 4 to 6. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Verse 6. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him. In the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. Our spiritual reality is that we are seated in heavenly places, that is our spiritual reality. We were once spiritually dead, but now we are raised to life in Christ, alive in our spirit with him, seated with him in heavenly places. I encourage you to dwell on that truth, to dwell on that revelation. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Since you have been raised to your to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. God wants a perspective change in his church, a perspective lift for us to fix our eyes on him, for us to lift our eyes to him, for us to seek him, to ask of him, to ask him to show us things that we have never seen before. What do you want to show me, Lord? What do you want to tell me, Lord? What do you want to share with me? He wants us to do that today. He wants us to do that tomorrow, He wants us to do that this week and next week and the week after. Not to be stagnant, but to continually come before Him, continual walk with Him. Revelation 4 1 and 2 says, After this, this is in the Amplified again. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. This is a vision that John had. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a war trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. At once I was in special communication with the Spirit. And behold, a throne stood in heaven, the one with one seated on the throne. I believe that as we ask God for a new perspective, for his perspective, that we will experience visions, we will experience dreams, we will experience his voice speaking to us, that we will experience seeing things like we've never seen before. And we have the great privilege of living on a little bit of land, and it's on a slope, and there are oftentimes hawks that are just floating through the, um, the what do you call them, <laughs> the um, thermals, Therm? yeah, thermals, yes, and I think it was you Grant, wasn't it, that painted that picture of a hawk or an eagle, beautiful, Every time I see a hawk from inside, from outside our home, God says to me, come up, Jan. Come on. Come up, Jan. Oftentimes my, my mind is going, oh, because I'm a bit like that. I have a busy mind. <laughs> or maybe my spirit, and you know, it, it's, it's got a lot going on. And I see it. I see the hawk. He says, come on, Jan. Come on. Get up here with me. Come on. Let me talk to you. Let me minister to you. Let me reveal my presence with you right now. I feel like Holy Spirit wants to do that for us His church.